The Sydney Roosters fell short of creating an historic three-peat while South showed Parramatta the door. Four teams remain, so who goes through to the grand final? The double delight begins on Friday night and it could be the last time we witness the great Cameron Smith in action. His former teammate Billy Slater weighs in on why this is such a big occasion. Plus, is Mitchell Moses still the right halfback for Parramatta? The panel debates. State of Origin teams continue to take shape. Jamie and Michael give us theirs. And with a round still remaining, the two NRLW grand finalists are confirmed, which heightens expansion debate. Yeah, and then there were four NRL Telstra Premiership teams left in the race. You're watching Inside the NRL. I'm Katie Brown. Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald. And the 2010 Premiership winner turned Red V kicking coach in 2021, <laughs> uh, Jamie Soward. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Katie. It's, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Already started getting some stuff in place. So very grateful to get the opportunity off Anthony and the Dragons and looking forward to 2021. Absolutely. So what, what can you give us a bit of... Oh, I can't uh, say too much, oh. uh, my little offside here might be pasting me a couple of weeks in but uh, no look it's, it's a great opportunity it's the right amount of hours and like I said I'm very um, very thankful that I got the opportunity. You script that? What do you mean? Oh you're already thanks? turning into somebody that works at a club. <laughs> i tell you what if they start losing I know where I'll be pointing the finger. Absolutely. I know where I'll be pointing the finger. Uh, we won't do that. You had the, you had, uh, the nice pick up there on your teammate here Jamie Soward. I so a little bit. Teammates working, working together I like it but gents what did you like out of the round? There was two things for me. Uh, I think Damien Cook the sportsmanship after that massive game against the Parramatta Reels and sticking around and help Clint Gutherson off the ground. But I actually loved George Williams' kick the other night. I know it was a horrid bounce for James Tedesco. And by no means when you kick a ball do you want it to do that. But just being able to put that in the position to come up with that clutch play, I've been really impressed, impressed with what I've seen from George Williams in his first year in the NRL. Absolutely. What about for you, Michael? For me, it's probably the humility of the Raiders after the game, you know, showing the respect for Mitchell Orbison. Uh, the guard of honour as he left the field, but also that they had every opportunity to carry on and rub it in the Roosters' faces after what happened 12 months ago in the grand final. But you know, I, I thought it showed a real maturity from the Raiders to, 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 to act that way and show the respect that the Roosters, not only Mitchell Orbison, but the Roosters deserve. They are the two-time champions, back-to-back -back champions, and, and they treated them as such. Well, you spoke about the humility of the Raiders. I think the Roosters as a club, that's what they've changed in the game mm. now. Like, there's a real respect. When Cooper Cronk went there, you speak about the foundations of Sonny and all that kind of stuff, but there's a real respect. And any time you talk to anyone from the Roosters, they address you by your first name, they want to talk footy, they've got time for you. So that's actually an off-field thing as well, and now mm. they've carried that onto the field. And Ricky Stewart would remind his Raiders that if they, when they won the other night, that doesn't mean they've won the title. Absolutely it doesn't not, take yeah. back last year's grand final. It just makes them the next step. And winning two in a row, magnificent achievement. Definitely. All right, and good sportsmanship. We love it. Mine was Clint Gutherson, although that they did lose. I did put it to Twitter fans, and everybody sort of, the majority were saying it was Clint Gutherson. Despite losing, the attitude and effort he had did not stop for the full 80 minutes. He has been rewarded with a spot in that 27-man squad that Brad Fittler's chosen, which is great to see in, um, in a side that was defeated. So... I thought that was pretty outstanding from, from Clint. Probably would, have, probably would have won a Clive Churchill if that was a grand final in a losing team. It was, it was a difference. He kept Parramatta in that game. Yeah, he did. And he's probably a bit unlucky that 
they didn't go on with the job. They're one or two players away from putting Seattle to bed. We'll talk about the Parramatta Eels a little later and we will be joined by Billy Slater next. But first, let's take a look at our two prelim, preliminary final matchups. First one on Friday at Suncorp Stadium, of course, the Melbourne Storm and the Canberra Raiders in that one. And then followed by Saturday night, ANZ Stadium, the Penrith Panthers, the perfect Penrith Panthers so far up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Make sure you purchase your tickets at nrl.com forward slash tickets because they will be the biggest crowds that have been this season and you cannot miss your opportunity to get to those games, gents. I know I already spoke to you about that last week. <laughs> but to talk more about finals footy, we are joined by a premiership winner himself, Billy Slater. Thanks for coming up again on Inside the NRL. No worries, Katie. Thanks for having me. No dramas. I hope everything's going all right for you down there. Still in isolation and in lockdown. But, um, hey, I have to start off. Potentially on, um, on that Friday night, we may see Cameron Smith play his last ever NRL game. I don't know about you, but if he doesn't decide to play on in 2021, my heart and my, my stomach sinks. How does it make you feel? Yeah, it's, he hasn't made a decision and it could very well be his last ever game of rugby league. Um, we don't know if the Melbourne Storm don't win that and Cameron Smith decides to, to hang up the boots at the end of the year. That could be the last time we see him. So, um, what an opportunity! I think we just we, we just need to to enjoy the time that we have watching Cameron Smith play this game. No player has played more games than Cameron Smith, and um, arguably no player has played it better than him. Um, so, you know, he, he doesn't rely on his speed or strength or anything like that. And those attributes that you may lose as you get a little bit older, he's still the smartest player in the game, and. When you're the dummy half, that position's evolved over time, uh, and in the modern game, in the modern game, it's it's really important to make that first decision count. And Cameron Smith very rarely uh, makes it the wrong decision. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's not the last time we see him play because uh, he's such a pleasure to, to to watch. And I've played a lot of football alongside him, and I know how much he means to that team. Billy, how much has Cameron been hurt by a lot of the criticism over the last few years? I know. Craig Bellamy at Dally M's last year sort of touched on it. Has he, has he confided in you, mate? Because he copped a fair bit from uh, people around rugby league in regards to his reputation in the game. Does that affect him? Um, oh, look, once you hear things, you can't unhear them. So, um, you know, it, it probably affects his, his family and that more than it affect him. It's, it's pretty sad to see some of the things that have been said about him and his family over the last few years. And um, knowing Cameron and knowing how selfless he is towards his team and he does, he does everything for the team, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty sad to see. Um, and given the fact that he's... He's such a legend of our game. He's a champion of our game. And he'll go down as, you know, if not the greatest player to ever play, he's definitely the greatest hooker to ever play our game. So we need to be celebrating um, our champions. And, yeah, I, I do find that he's he's an e easy target at some times. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, he even cops that, um, you know, like the champion he is. He, he doesn't whinge about it. He just gets on and plays his football. Billy, winning in that first week of the finals is so crucial to possibly making a grand final. What would Craig Bellamy yeah. have done in that week off to prep his Melbourne side for the Canberra Raiders this week? 
Yeah, it is It is hugely important to win that first week and, and make sure that you, you give yourself a, a two-week opportunity to prepare for that preliminary final. And Look, Craig, he's had a few injuries this week. Um, I know Cameron Munster's been nursing a, a, an ongoing knee issue. Um, mail is that he's going to be OK for the preliminary final and um, he'll be fighting fit to, to take on uh, the Raiders on Friday night. Um, but, yeah, that's the first thing, is getting his squad healthy and then making sure that um, they turn up next Friday night ready to go, uh, jumping out of their skin. So, you know, just the balance between a little bit of work and continuing, you know, to, to touch on the things that, that work for them in games, but also making sure that they're fresh. It's, it's really important to be fresh at this time of the year. And, um, you know, the Storm have in the past, you know, been a really consistent team throughout the year. Um, this year, I know that they've focused on timing their run. Billy, uh, we heard from Dale Finucane and we will hear from him a little later in the show, but he did say that he's going to give himself until tomorrow, but you mentioned Cameron Munster. Uh, he seems hopeful that he'll play. How crucial is Cameron Munster to that side? Well, they're a different team with Cameron Munster in it, and if, if he didn't play, I, I think they would have to rely on Cameron Smith, Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen to create a little bit more because uh, we all know what Cameron Munster can do on the field. You, you just give him the ball, and he's just such a instinctive uh, rugby league player that he, he sums up the situation quicker than most people. So um, we see him here just changing from a ball player to a ball runner, you know, off the drop of a hat. And, um, he just he just knows what to do when he's out there. So, you know, he's an integral part of the Melbourne Storm and they've got so much football in their team, um, but he is a key. Billy, if you can take your, uh, your Melbourne Storm hat off for one second and put your Queensland hat on. Cameron Munster, <laughs> what, what yeah. are you thinking going forward with Origin? Because that knee doesn't sound like it's uh, in the best shape at the moment. Is, it, is there a chance he misses the Origin series this year? Well, there has been reports about that. I, I haven't spoken to, to Cameron Munster or heard those reports come out of the Melbourne Storm. So um, I, I think it's a medial um, injury. And, and I, I think if he could get through these next two games, uh, the preliminary final and, and possibly the grand final, um, injury-free, I, I can't see why he wouldn't go on and play for Queensland. Uh, like, I know Cameron Munster and I, I know how much it, it means for him to, to play in that Maroon jersey. Um, if he was fit enough, I, I dare say he'll be putting his hand up. Look, I, I you know, I don't, I don't like the the narrative of of players having a little injury and then and then saying no, I don't want to, I don't want to play Origin. I, you know, that's where the AFL ran himself into a bit of trouble when um, the Premiership become more important than Origin. Um, we know how important Origin is to our game, and you know players have always you know wanted to play, and if they're available and they're fit enough to play. Um, they'll put their hand up. How did Kalen's decision sit with you, Billy, in regards to his availability and uh, obviously no David Fafita as well? Yeah, no, very comfortable with Kalen's decision. I, I actually spoke to Kalen a couple of times on the phone. Um, he went and got um, um, some advice from, from a surgeon and um, that surgeon told him he needed to get an operation. Um, you know, I've, had, I've had one regret in my career and I, I played um, a couple of Origins with a with a torn rotator cuff injury, and um, I don't know if that's if that's Kalen's injury, but um, yeah, I, I I was fully supportive of Kalen um, going to get surgery and fixing up that injury. If if the injury's um, gonna could, could possibly hurt your future career, um, you need to get it done. So um, yeah, fully supportive of Kalen's injury, but it, it does 
It does um, cause a few headaches. Um, obviously, Cutler's an integral part of the Queensland team, and, and Dave Vita's you know, a real strike on that edge as well. So it um, gives a couple of young guys an opportunity, a couple of new guys an opportunity. So, yeah, that's what Origin does, and um, I suppose we all made our debut at some stage. Is AJ Brimson Billy the obvious selection at number one, or does someone like Corey Allen, who plays this week, get a look in? Yeah, both of those guys have been in the conversation. Um, you know, AJ Brimson finished the season in, in great form, especially his last game. And, and given the fact that the Gold Coast Titans uh, finished with five consecutive victories, that certainly helps his cause. Now, he's, he's a great talent. He's been in the, the Queensland system for a long time. Um, Corey Allen's another one that's really jumped out and surprised a few people with the way that he's been playing for the Rabbitohs uh, this season. Um, Cameron Munster is, is another option that we could push back there and, um, and have someone else fill in that number six role. So, you know, we've got a, we've got a couple of options there, but, um, yeah, it does make it a little bit tricky when, you know, your number one fullback is, is injured and he's, he's ruled out throughout that series. Billy, I want to turn your attention to the other semi-final on Saturday night between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. For so many years since we've been playing together, against each other, sorry, defence wins you premierships. Is this the yeah. year where we see points win your premiership? Because South Sydney coming to this game red hot, the Panthers' best defence, best attack be best defence. How do you see it unfolding? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting point because, you know, forever when I can remember, you know, you win premierships off, off defence. And, and I, I still think, you know, that is going to be the case. I, I think you need a strong defensive performance to, to win this comp this year. Um, but it's the first year where attack is really important. Uh, if you don't use the football, it doesn't matter what your completion rates are, you won't win the game of football. And I think South and Penrith have used the football the best uh, throughout the last probably you know two or three months. Um, I've been really impressed with the Penrith Panthers. I, you know, probably from a quarter of the way through this competition, I thought the, the Panthers can win this competition. They're fit, they're healthy. I know they have no kick out this weekend, but um, that man there, Jerome Luai, he's, he's been in Nathan Cleary's shadow, but he's soon stepping out of it. He's, he's been a, an integral part of, of this Panthers outfit, and they've just got young, enthusiastic, confident players at the moment. Um, it's going to be one hell of a game. Um, I can't wait for the attacking showdown, but I just think the Panthers will just have a, a little bit too much aggression in their defence, and it's probably been a part of their game that has has probably gone unnoticed is is how aggressive they are in defence and how they can uh, repel the opposition from scoring points. So now the Panthers for for me, uh, for me in this one, but it's it's going to be a great game. I, I can't wait. I've been really impressed with the the final series so far, but this one certainly won't disappoint. Bill, what's your advice to Damian Cook? Because the last two prelim finals they've gotten there, the Rabbitohs, and I thought defences have started to work him out a little bit and make him run sideways. Yep. But we've seen him get back to that running game. How does he get himself into a big game knowing that the last two prelims he probably hasn't been at his best? Well, he encourages his teammates. It's very hard for a number nine to do anything dangerous with uh, without your teammates creating quick play of the balls. And and the Rabbitohs create quick play of the balls by not not the old Rabbitohs style where they just went big men, big men, big men and just created that um, middle third of the field uh, carnage, whereas you know, it's their ball movement there now. They rely on Walker, Reynolds, Allen to, to get depth and, and, and get their width on their play and everyone else is a soldier. Um, and, and when they do move the defence around, uh, that's when Cook gets out and he was in his he was at his damaging best on the weekend. I, I think he's 
He's going into this preliminary final in the best form that I've seen him go into a final series. So that's certainly going to help him. But it's his teammates. It's it's a collective. And I, I think if the Rabbitohs can play their best football, that'll bring the best out in Damian Cook. Well, Billy, we always appreciate your insight. We know it's going to be a double delight this weekend. But on Friday night, for fans, uh, why would you tell them to go to Suncorp Stadium? In what we know will be an absolute thriller. Well, it could be Cameron Smith's last ever game. Uh, who knows? So that's a good enough reason to get down to Suncorp Stadium. But I don't think um, I don't think there'll be a, a spare seat that's available uh, at Suncorp. It's going to be a cracking game. Look, the Raiders will be very confident going up there. They've got a good record against uh, the Storm, and they beat the Storm in the first semi-finals last year um, to, to put them make them go the long way around. And and they've already beaten the Storm this season. So. Uh, anyone that thinks it's a it's a one-sided affair is certainly um, you know, kidding themselves. The Raiders will be very confident going up there with a, a very aggressive physical mindset, um, but I think the Storm will have too much footy in them. They're, they're a pleasure to watch the Storm. They just get in their lanes and they've got a really well-balanced side, speed, power, uh, leg speed and, and size. I, I think they're, um, you know, they're 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 a good thing for the for the final, and, and it should be a good game. They don't even need to pay you to say that. It's true. <laughs> oh, no, they, they still pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much, Billy, as always. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. No worries. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Billy Slater there. And don't forget, you can purchase your tickets at nrl.com forward slash tickets. Like you said, it's going to be absolutely incredible match. Unless you went to the game against the Sydney Roosters. If you're from Canberra, you can't go to Brisbane. Yes, Under the government rules. If you've left the ACT and you've been to Sydney in the last 14 days, you can't travel to watch the game. So yep. die-hard Canberra fans can't go down. Do Canberra still have to go up on the day? Yeah. So there's, no camp, there's no camp for them? I don't think so. I think the plan at this What about grand final going. week? I think uh, that's, the, that's an interesting one. I think if it's the storm, they may come down a little bit early. So Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love it. Moving on to the Parramatta Eels. And look, it was a disruptive game day preparation uh, surrounding Michael Jennings. We did see that they already had both of their wingers, Mike Acevo and, of course, Blake Ferguson out. But, gents, they've lost five out of their six finals appearance under Brad Arthur now already. So, Michael, what's your take on that? And I think you did have a fair bit to say about yeah, that in your look, column. I wrote a column today on the Sydney Morning Herald in regards to Parramatta. I... A lot of clubs would, would like to be in this situation where they've played in three of the last four semi-finals. Parramatta now about in week two, three times in that during that period. But for me, it shows where the club is at. That, that mediocrity or just being there isn't good enough. There's a window that's open right now to win a premiership, and they need to win that premiership. And what I wrote today is internally at the club, the pressure is on Brad Arthur to evolve as a coach to turn his team into contenders. The criticism of Parramatta is that they are they are soft, there's a soft underbelly, that they are perhaps mentally weak. Now Brad Arthur's been to the same spot with this team a number of times, so how does he change that Parramatta team? What does he do? And I, there's a feeling at the club that there needs to be prioritisation around the mental side of it and how they toughen up mentally. I don't know how much you know, Sally, about Parramatta's fate, but compared it to the, the Dragons from 04 to 08, I think you were there at the time when Brownie left, that they couldn't get the job done under Nathan Brown. They got so close in many years and it took Wayne Bennett arriving at the club in 2009 for the club to go on and win a comp the year after. Do, do you see signs of Parramatta this year that perhaps they need to evolve as a football team to toughen up? Yeah, and look, as Katie mentioned in the opener, the, the disruption from that Michael Jennings situation probably wouldn't have helped, but the injuries as well. I think that when, you, when Wayne came to take over the Dragons, it was day one, we had a premiership winner 
We knew what it took. To, he knew what it took to win. We just had to follow. I think that Brad Arthur's been a, a great coach for so long in getting his sides up there, but just hasn't found out. Like it's hard to win a premiership, and sometimes we talk about. I mean, we spoke about John Morris last week being in the eight is a successful year. Well, now you, you know, a week later, we're questioning whether it's a successful year for Parramatta, and they finished third. So you can't have it both ways. I think that. They do need to evolve. They do need to have some things. I, I saw some signs there. Maybe they just peaked too early. Like maybe in 09 we trained too hard. Yeah, we, we spoke about that in the True Believers documentary. So maybe they just rework some things. Maybe it is the mental aspect that he needs to work harder on in the off-season. OK, so we know that the Parramatta Eels let go 11 players today. So if you're saying that they need to get mentally tougher, what players are you buying to bring into that squad to get them to a premiership? Whew. They need some depth in their outside. I'm giving you backs. too much. Freedom. Oh, I don't even know they've let go 11 players. Um, yeah, I, 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 you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's important. They finished third for a reason. I think the Mitchell Moses Dylan Brown combination was disrupted by Mitchell being injured. <laughs> and when he came back, it not only changed. Parramatta's game, but it changed Clint Gutherson's game because he was in that real purple patch of form. Remember, he had, I think he had like eight try assists in two weeks and they were, they were just playing short sides and stuff like that. It sort of changed when he came back, so maybe there needs to be an adaption of maybe this is Dylan Brown's team now and Mitchell needs to play a little bit more of a supporting cast. Maybe I think it's Clint Gutherson's team and they need to work around that game plan a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with the Dylan Brown call. Dylan Brown was sensational. For a kid who's come into the game with plates and screws in his foot, and Mitchell Moses is the senior figure in that team, but I think Mitchell Moses had one run on the weekend, and Dylan Brown took the line on him at 150-odd metres. Like, Let's Dylan, save the halves chat for hit or miss. Mm. You're getting yeah. way carried away. Yeah, I asked you, bit. what players are you going to buy? Well, what players are we going to buy? Some, you know what? They need some outside backs, defensive-minded outside backs okay. that are going to be able to put yourselves in position to defend big plays because their edges this year have not been great. And they need, a, and they need another hooker. Reid Marnie was solid for them, but I don't think Reid Marnie offering 80 minutes is the answer for Parramatta. Yeah. Fair. All right, let's turn our attention to State of Origin. And, of course, that kicks off in November in Adelaide on November 4. And we've seen Wayne Bennett and Brad Fittler slowly drip out more members of their uh, squads for the Blues and the Maroons team. But Jamie and Michael have asked you both to name your 1-17 to 17 for Game 1. I'm Michael? so happy with you, Katie. <laughs> You're happy with me? You know why? Because we've actually waited to when Origins come around to pick our teams. You haven't asked me to pick it after the first half of footy in NRL Round 1. It's been fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, um, look, it is coming up to that time. Very exciting time for, for Origin uh, fans, for the neutrals, uh, wherever. But picking a team, geez, it's hard. Like with the squad, you don't know who's going to play in that grand final, how they're going to pull up. So we did our best today. I was pretty happy with my side, but I had to make a few tough calls as well. Okay, well, take me through it and why you made those tough calls. Okay, well, I think the back line, if Stephen Crichton has a good game Saturday night, he will be in the centres. Uh, Brad Fittler will reward that. Daniel Tupo, I think, has been fantastic this year, one of the best wingers, uh, and plus that size as well. Uh, whether he can you know, switch around onto that right wing, we'll have to wait and see. Junior Paulo will be rewarded. Uh, I had to make a bit of a tough call in the back row. Now, I know Tyson Frizzell will most likely be there, but to go a little bit different, I went with Liam Martin. I think he's been fantastic. Boyd Cordner, there's a little bit of talk about him, whether he will play or not. Angus Crichton's been fantastic off the bench. Nathan Brown, I think Brad Fittler really likes him. And I had Cody Walker as my 17, uh, just because you, I think he can come on and change the game. You left your man out there. You left your man out, man. Ryan Pappenhausen. I didn't have Ryan in the team. I've got him in the squad, but I don't have him in the team. Interesting. And yeah. also, you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago that the Eels need to plan their team around Gutho, and you've left him as 18th. 
Well, I can't have everyone. And probably, <laughs> it's hard, it's, it's you hard. know what, it's a luxury that for once New South Wales have is that we've got a lot of players in form and for once it's Queensland that are struggling to come up with 17 guys that are going to be in red-hot form for that game one. Yeah. I want to hear your team, Michael, and a few yeah, other factors look, in that. I struggle between picking the team that I would pick and then what Brad Fittler's thinking. So I've gone with a little bit of a mix here on what I believe will run out and what I would do. I think, look, I've gone with Stephen Crichton in the centres, but I think that Brad Fittler's going to go with Clint Gutherson in the centres. I've got Gutherson on the wing there. If, if he goes with Clint Gutherson in the centres, I think you'll find, see how he's right, Daniel Tupo will be on the wings and Crichton will miss out. Uh, for me, also, in the forwards, I, I don't think Cordner and Frizzella set the world on fire in in 2020 and if they weren't there based on form that would be fair enough but I think Freddie will stick loyal with those guys there. Uh, I've gone with Ryan Pappenhausen on the bench. I just think the one guy that the Queenslanders wouldn't want to come on the field after 50-60 minutes is, is Ryan Pappenhausen. I know Cody Walker's been sensational but I just think Ryan Pappenhausen just just has probably earned it a bit more this year. Is the game one hooker, that's the, the storyline I want to talk about because if Penrith win and go to a grand final it would be Damien Cook. But if Souths went to that grand final, do you think he might go Appy Coruscant? I don't think Damien Cook has disgraced himself over the last month. I'm not, I'm not saying no, no, that. no. But I'm I just, I just a quick think turn around because if you win, you celebrate for four or five days. Mm -hmm. You're not going into that bubble straight away. Like you're going to yeah. have time to unwind. Does he just get Appy straight into camp and get him ready for game one? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think Appy will be the starting hooker for game one. I just think Damien Cook's come in. He started the year slow, but he's finished the year pretty well. So I think that... Sometimes I think you don't listen to me. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> if I just Souths don't, go to the grand final, I don't think it's going to make a difference. there for game one. I don't think it's okay, going to make a difference. Okay, that's all we needed. No. Back to you, Kate. Okay, uh, thank you. I want to go back to you, Michael, because I want your Maroons team now. Well, one to seven eight. This was hard, Katie. This was really hard. I, 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 <laughs> I know. I seven eight plays. They can try and get in there. Look, they're under uh, immense pressure, the Maroons. And uh, look, Cameron Munster, he's got that knee, probably may not be there. I've got AJ Brimson at fullback. Uh, I put Kirk Capewell in the centres. I think defensively they've got a lot of strike. New South Wales out wide. I, I just don't know they've got many good options in the back line. I can see the Blues putting on plenty of points out wide. I've gone Harry Grant over Jake Friend. Uh, I like what Harry Grant's got to offer in attack. And uh, to me, Jake Friend's probably... Unfortunately for Jake Friends, may have missed his boat. I think Queensland can look to the future at the moment. Uh, Jaden Sewer gets in there. Tino Fasamalui, he's been fantastic for the Storm. He's my starting lock. Uh, but... I don't see how that Queensland team will compete with New South Wales. No Caelan Ponga, no Val Holmes for Game 1 and no David Fafita for the series. They're three of their best players. When there is a there. Wayne, there is a way. Well, the Did you like that? To, I like what you've done there, Katie, <laughs> but I think Wayne's going to need a miracle. Oh, Jamie, your Maroons team actually did consist of the same spine as uh, Michael Chambers, but there's a few other changes. Take us through that. Yeah, not that any Queensland fan would care what a New South Wales person thinks. Yes, we do. Uh, listen, I, you know what? I think Xavier Coates will be in the centres, uh, having watched him play over the last couple of years. I think he can make that move in. Uh, Again, it's going to be a bits and pieces team. I think we're not going to really know what Wayne selects up until that. I agree with the spine. I think Harry Graham will get the start. Ben Hunt shows his versatility being able to come off the bench, cover in at six if he needs to, if they need to move Munster in or if Munster doesn't play. Big Tino, Fasul Malawi comes in there and Kirk Catewell may play. But Dynamis Louis has been fantastic. I think you could either have, have a good shout. I think you could have Cohen Hess's 18th man and Kurt Capewell in there, but Dynamis Louis will be there for Wayne Bennett. And don't underestimate this Queensland side. I know we're sort of making light-hearted of it. I'm now, not. But you too. That forward pack, 
with Josh Papali, Joy Arrow, you throw yeah. Big Tino in there as well. Like they're going to be able to do some damage. And Queenslanders love it this way. They love being the underdog. So I'm still predicting 3 0 New South Wales, but don't. <laughs> don't uh, underestimate Queensland. But I say 3 0 every year. Whitewash. <laughs> okay, no worries. Hey, we're also celebrating 40 years of origin. And Michael, you've been working on a little project. Tell us about it. Yeah, the 40th year of origin this year. Uh, we've been working with Channel 9 and the Sydney Morning Herald in conjunction with NRL.com to find out the greatest teams of that era to work out who is the best 17 for New South Wales and Queensland. We're speaking to some of the greats of the game. Brad Fittler, Andrew Johns have cast their votes. Uh, we've also got from Queensland, got Wally Lewis and JT and Billy. There's five on each state that have voted and it's going to be a tough one to, to work out. So it's just the, the total best origin side? No, it's, it's one from each team. Okay. It's, that would have been very difficult assignment. I was going to say, how do you pick between Freddie, Joey, Lockie and JT? Yeah, it's a tough one. And even Queensland, when you look at that spine, you, you know, Wally Lewis, Jonathan Thurston, Alan Langer, someone misses out. Lockyer versus Slater for fullback. There's some uh, fantastic players. Yeah. But uh, game one, yeah. the fans get their chance to have their vote. They can vote online at the moment. Uh, for the, the team will be unveiled for Game 1 and the New South Wales team before Game 2 on Channel 9 and the Queensland team before Game 3 on 9. So Unreal. look forward to it over the next couple of weeks. You're always busy doing something, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, well, I, I, hopefully, uh, hopefully the teams... I, I, for me, it's the Queensland spine's the most contentious okay. because how do you leave Alfie out, Wally out, JT out? Someone's going to yeah. be... Wally plays third, for sure. Well, they voted in that position, so it's going to be interesting. Someone's, someone's going to miss out. Watch this space. All right, let's move on to the NRLW. And we did see a few charges at the judiciary for a few of the players. Shaylee Bent with a, a crusher tackle. Ali Brigginshaw report for her mid-air tackle. And then after reviewing the match, Amber Hall was uh, a grade one contrary conduct and a grade one dangerous contact. It was a hair pull and a, um, a hip drop tackle. Gents, what did you make of this in the game? Amber Hall and Isabel Kelly there. Fair game or...? Um, well, I think the injury results off the first hair pull and it's not, you know, it's not uh, what we want to see in our game, especially in the NRLW. Uh, the horrific injury to Isabel Kelly, hopefully she's OK, but you just can't do it. And, and I asked you, Katie, is, what's, is that the equivalent to someone in the men's game being grabbed where they shouldn't be? Like, how, how should we be looking at that? Or is that just part of rugby league when you've got your hair out like that? I feel like it's girl code. I mean, we've seen plenty of players. We see Elliot Green and she's got her hair whipping back and forth in a high um, ponytail and nobody's pulled her hair. But then we did see um, at the nines, Jessica Sergis pulled Tamika Upton's hair. So yeah. it does happen, but it is certainly not uh, something that you encourage in the women's game. No, and you see Isabel Kelly there. She sort of slowed up thinking that that was it, like there was going to be a penalty blown or something. Yeah. Like, and, and that created the uh, the opportunity there for that for that drip uh, hip drop tackle which has obviously caused the injury so not pretty and we've look we've seen it in the men's as well like the guys with long hair who have had their hair pulled and it's I did it to Lottie Takiri once did you yeah I didn't do it again sorry Lottie I apologize <laughs> very quickly I missed the tackle there's no surprise there but um, yeah I just got him by the hair it was accidental it was accidental sorry well Lottie. that unfortunately didn't look accidental did no it didn't but the Brisbane Broncos, I know they're going for a three-peat and they're treading a fine line with their physicality and all that kind of stuff. I love Ali Brigginshaw. I mm -hmm. cannot talk any height. But that, that tackle you know, on Matty Studden was just not on. I can't accept that. Having been in that position myself where they come out and you're not protected as a kicker as it is and to dive at the legs like that, whether she meant it or not, I'm, you know, I, I don't think that she would have meant it knowing the way that she plays the game, but that is such a dangerous tackle. Like, we've seen Tony Kane's career ended by Steve Price, that sort of charge down mentality. It got out of the game for a reason and we can't have that.
Okay, fair enough. We're going to move on to your sweet or sour, Jamie. Yeah, different one this week. Uh, if you've been watching the last couple of weeks, we've had the pleasure of interviewing Andrew Johns, Billy Slater, and I get a little bit hot under the collar because I'm just a rugby league fan. Well, this is what happened on the weekend after the Canberra Raiders chance they've got Clockstad beat Sonny Bill Williams Roosters. I started, and our, our big fella's up top. <laughs> Sonny Bill. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> you've just knocked him out. He's just knocked me out. <laughs> If that's, not, <laughs> if that's not the most purest thing in rugby league is a guy who's going on to another big game who's taken the Canberra Raiders by storm with the way he came across from the Warriors, that's one of his idols. Like, for, for a fan, for me, it's still cool. Like, we talked to Billy earlier. That's how I'm feeling. It's like Billy Slater. I'm getting on the phone saying, I just talked to Billy Slater. So <laughs> that really made me smile and just... Yeah, like you guys have seen me when we talk to those guys. I am still in awe that we get the fact to, to talk to those guys. So I love that from Chance. He looks like a kid in a candy store. It's great, so isn't it? It's great. Yeah, yeah awesome. Great. All right, moving on. It is now time for this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. And Melbourne Storm's lock, Dal Finucane, is confident he'll play in Friday night's prelim final against the Raiders. Here's what he had to say a little earlier. So I did a little bit of running yesterday. Um, sort of had a bit of an off-legs day today, and I'll do a little bit more tomorrow. So, um, you know, sort of depending on how I pull up from all those um, different tests will, yeah, depend on whether or not I play the game. And another win for the Storm. Cameron Munster will play despite an ongoing knee injury. There's concerns over James Tedesco and whether the Sydney Roosters fullback will be fit for origin after picking up a knee injury on Friday night. In the NRLW, the Dragons will be without two of their stars. Keziats was the first casualty to leave the field in their loss to the Broncos. The back rower will miss this week with an MCL injury and also in doubt for state of origin in November. While Isabel Kelly won't line up in the 17, the centre was victim to a controversial hair pull and hip drop tackle, which resulted in an ankle injury. To other concerns, Rabideau Jaden Sewer is expected to fully recover from a minor knee complaint he picked up in their win over the Eels. I'll see why Takiaho is awaiting results on his knee and Lindsay Collins picked up a minor groin injury in their semi-final defeat. As for the NRLW, the Broncos will monitor a handful of injured women. As you can see, Lavinia Gould is in doubt to play again this season with a foot injury. Jamie Frezard and Tamika Upton will both be monitored with knee complaints. That's this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. It's now time for Hit or Miss. All right, this is the end of the current Roosters dynasty. Hit or miss, Michael? Yeah, hit for me. Uh, the window's closing, if not closed. But I'll tell you one thing about the Roosters. They open the window pretty quickly, more than any other team. So I just think they need to find who their seven's going to be uh, and make sure that Sam Verrills and Victor Radley come back fit. And it won't take long. They may, they may finish bottom four of the eight next year, but uh, they'll be a premiership force pretty quickly. Still a destination club for me. I think that... Yeah, it's much like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. There's been a down year, injuries, everything's caught up with them. I think they bounce back. They're going to be a powerhouse next year. All right. Well, you jumped the gun a bit on this one earlier, gents, but uh, Mitchell Moses is still the halfback to lead the Parramatta Eels. Hit or miss? I'll go with you. Hit because there's not an elite quality top tier 15 halfbacks in the competition. And at his best, when he's running the footy and involved, it's easy to highlight that missed kick, but I think hit. I don't, he just needs to tweak his game a little bit more and they need to get a little bit better in some areas but yeah he's he's got to be there yeah, it's a hit for me for the same reason like if you're gonna get rid of Mitchell Moses then what well, there isn't an option for you out there and Dylan Brown's emergence has been fantastic I, I, I think Dylan Brown showed Mitchell Moses the way on the weekend 
which is disappointing for Mitchell. But when he first signed with Parramatta, they said to him, we need you to run. And I think he lost his way a little bit there. He, he's a dangerous runner of the football. He needs to rediscover that next year. All right, moving on. Caitlin Ponga and the Knights made the right decision to call it uh, quits on playing Origin with his shoulder. I'll start with you, Michael, because you did break this news last week. Yeah, I, I think it's the right decision. Yeah, look, I, I know Queensland were disappointed, but at the end of the day, he's paid almost a million dollars a year now to to deliver for the Knights. And he hasn't the last couple of years. He started the year well. He's finished slowly. He needs to put the Knights first, and he's done that. I think he's made the right call. Yeah, definitely. I think he did all the due process, went through it all. Uh, you broke it last week, so I think he's done. He's made the right decision. He had to. Yeah, for sure. All right, finally, NRLW must be six rounds next season, hit or miss. I would like more. I think it has to be eight rounds because what you're seeing this weekend, unfortunately for the Dragons and Warriors, is it's a dead rubber and they only get... If you lose that first game and it's by a margin... You know, maybe you haven't worked yourself into it. You've got to rely on points for and against and all that kind of stuff. So I know it's hard, but I'd like to see definitely up to eight. Yeah, I agree. It's hit for me. It's got to be yeah, minimum six. I think that's the actual flaw in the, the current competition is that it's only four weeks, so people look at it a little bit differently. And that's no disrespect to the girls. If they were given a longer competition, then you can actually play a bit differently because I think a lot of guys, a lot of teams go into that first week thinking, if we lose here, we're, we're in yeah. big trouble of being gone. And... I don't think you see the best football because they're scared to play their best football. It could have been what stung the Dragons anyway. All right, uh, now time for power rankings, Jamie. Take your time. This week's NRL Power Ranking saw two more teams drop down, but two more teams cement themselves inside the top four. And I speak about the Raiders and Rabbitohs. Impressive wins on the weekend. The Raiders, though, they're doing it by committee. I just don't know how many times they can keep going to that bucket of emotion and keep pulling out these performances. Yeah, I don't know, Sia. I think they've timed their run to perfection, to be honest with you. They started the year pretty slow, and then we thought they were gone with all those injuries. And I think Ricky Stewart has timed this run brilliantly and look some would argue being under the radar a bit this year this, this actually suited them better uh, going into this Melbourne Storm game I'll give them a, a real strong chance well down to the last four now there's probably been no one more the master of the ambush than Ricky Stewart in building his side us against the world what they've been able to do Joe Tarpanay fantastic on the weekend Josh Papali if they can stand up against the Melbourne pack they are definitely in with a chance the Rabbitohs were OK in that first half against the Parramatta Reels and just kept them within distance to be able to run over the top of them in the end. But it's not a recipe for success. You cannot let the Penrith Panthers jump out to an 18-6 lead or 12-0 lead this weekend. They have enough firepower to score 30 points. That's not the issue. But in a big game this weekend, they need to be able to get it done early with their defence. Yeah, they do. And the Eels had an opportunity on the weekend to really put the foot on the throat. And that's probably the difference between the Eels and the top quality teams. If Penrith are going to score three or four tries in, in a short period, Penrith are going to go on with the job and finish them. And they can't give Penrith the chance to ice the cake. So I think for South Sydney, defence is the key here. We know they'll score points. Just can they, can they keep Penrith away from that try line for long enough? We went from six down to four. Next week, we're down to two. Keep an eye out for the NRL Power Rankings on NRL.com next Monday. Thank you, Jamie. All right, now time for Champ or Chump. And we have some international uh, commentators who had this segment. Take a listen to how they pronounce Josh... Uh, yeah, Josh Papali. Oh, Josh Williams, Papali. Papali! Oh, Papali, qui remonte, qui libère le ballon, le pour Tapini. <laughs> I thought it was the best. I think I listened to it seven times this morning on Twitter. The whole like minute that it's actually on Jack White and Stry. But did you not think that was the best? That's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. Same.
I was wrapped up. So, champ or champ? Champ. Yeah, I feel like I'm yeah. too excited about this. I feel like no, 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 it was good. I'm impressed the enthusiasm for a French commentator for the National Rugby League. He was really into that. Yeah, great. He definitely was. All right, next one is probably uh, not so champion, but Clint Gutherson doing the Gutherino when the Parramatta Eels were losing. Uh, what was your take on this one? I know that you're both big fans of him. So am I. Well, you've wrapped him up at the start of the show. He was your highlight, and he's in the Blues team on Michael on to the right. So. If you say anything else but champions, you guys are hypocrites. So, no. <laughs> Look. No, you can uh, like and dislike okay, people's ha actions. Having been a person that's possibly done a tri-celebration once or twice earlier in their career when they didn't end up winning the game, you learn by that. And we saw the Hayne plane come out in, in games that, you know, that didn't end up going his way and he ended up getting a marketing deal from it. So... I don't mind it. I can see why it people, is what it is. I can see why people would think that's a chump moment because they were behind. But I was like, I like to see character in players as well. So I get both sides of it there. Uh, in the in the end, if they win, he looks it's great. We're promoting it all week. He loses, he's left with egg on his face. He can deal with it. I'm still, I'm not chomping him. I still think he's champ. champ. I love a try celebration. I don't really care if they're winning or losing. Yeah, champ for me. Just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tomorrow we are back. Zach Bailey is in the host chair at 3.55 for NRL teams. Make sure you tune into that one. It will be a big show. We will have the NRL teams, of course, for those preliminary finals, as well as the NRLW lineups. Um, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farah back on the desk with that one. And then on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, I'll be back with Alicia Newton and Tasha Gale for Wednesday's Our Way. There is plenty of hot news to talk about this week leading into what will be a dead rubber because the grand finalists are already sorted with the Broncos and the Roosters to take place at ANZ Stadium. But that's it. Can I just say a huge congratulations to Gerard Beale on his retirement. Absolutely. Fantastic career, 194 games, played for his country, premiership winner with the Sharks, got the best out of himself, couple of big injuries, but well done, mate. It's been a pleasure playing against you and playing with you. Fine, mine's to Mitchell Orbison because I thought he had a fantastic career. Well done. Any, any for you? No, mine's to uh, Jamie Sowell on the Dragons job. Look forward to him ringing yeah. up scoops every week. Yes, <laughs> me too. All right, Jens, great to have your company back again. We will leave you with the Try of the Year finalists. Until next Monday, have a good one. Bakes, Carrigan, Dearden. It's only stakes. A little bit of room to move for the first time tonight. Looks on a fend. Still going for Tony Staggs. He's got support. White needs support for Tony Staggs, you superstar. What a try. 75 metres. Bang. See you later, champ. Bang. See you later, champ. Oh, hang on. I'll tell you what I'll do here. Oh, see you later, buddy.
nothing. Off the back of it, Brooks has time for the kick. Chase is on. And was that a block by Clark? It bounces the West Tigers' way anyway. Flipped up. And Jennings, bit of ad-lib footy at the end of it all. Can they keep it alive here? Here's Grants. Safar on to Benji. His overlap created on the right-hand side. Catch and pass from Leilua. Norfoluma, little kick at the end of it all. What a try! Oh, that's a the West Tigers with the ad-lib try of the year.